energy. I just believe in Jesus. Certain hermeneutics of eschatology demand an exegetical approach. I think you shouldn't question what you were taught in church. Isn't that blasphemy or something? Theology. Theology. All right. Unplugged. Welcome to Theology Unplugged. Michael Patton here, and we have got a session for you today. It's going to be a blast. I, you know, I still get nervous every time I start doing this. I've been doing it for, I don't know, 20 years, and I just get excited. I get really excited and get nervous beforehand. I don't know why. I think you would get over it by now. We're going to talk about, well, wait, 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 just a second. We got to talk about uh, where you're coming from. You're coming from the uh, podcast. Uh, remember, we're on YouTube and uh, we're also trying to do it. I don't know whether I've done it right, but we're working to doing this live. If you are a Patreon, and I'll tell you more about that later, then you can get on our Discord server and we can d- discuss and chat while I'm doing live events. We're going to do lots of live events uh, eventually once I get it all figured out, but Theology Unplugged, we uh, are going to talk today about, what What should the title be? I don't even know. I mean, not really, you know, in, in some sense, it's just seeing in a mirror dimly, but that's not really it because, you know, I've talked about that before, about mystery, and it's going to include a lot, of, a lot about mystery, but more so trying to relate it to current events. People today, I mean, it's so funny, the questions and the thoughts that we have in our culture that can just dynamically change overnight. The the wonders that we have, the, 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 the doubts that are spurred on by whatever events are going on. And we get scared. I mean, we get scared whenever we see these objects in the sky. And for the first time, we're shooting down objects, and a valid question is whether or not these are UFOs. Is that not crazy? I mean, UFOs. Uh, it just you used to have you used to be labeled a crazy person if you talked about this stuff, if you talked about UFOs, if you talked about um, any type of conspiracy like this, where there are UFOs in the world and the conspiracy is to cover it up. Now we've got the government that has revealed they know about these UFOs, that they are real, that they don't know what they are. They're UAPs, um, unidentified uh, aerial phenomenon. Not UFOs. I think that takes away some of the steam. They came up with a new name for it. But they're UFOs, unidentified flying objects. And we get nervous uh, because it's hard to figure out how to fit things in your worldview. And whenever you're talking about bringing on our faith and our doubts, the things that can make us struggle, the things that make you struggle more than anything else, the first thing that will make you struggle in your faith is whenever you have your faith built and, and we try to construct it the best we can. We try to go through discipleship and we build these ideas and we carry them for years and build upon them. And then there's this foundation that you have. Now, whenever somebody comes in and seems to rock a little bit of your foundation, brings in something new that you don't know where to fit in this building, this theology building you have built. As a matter of fact, you may even think at first, this just does not fit. And if it's true, then from your standpoint, your entire faith falls apart. 
I mean, sometimes we call this the house of cards theology, where we build our theology on so many different things that if you just pull one of them away, everything falls down. Now, we know we shouldn't do that. We know there's an essential to the faith. We know there's central areas of our faith that we believe that define us as Christians, and these central areas have to do with the person and work of Christ. We know that. I've talked about it many times. You know that now. But at the same time, you can still have your house constructed upon the foundation of the person and work of Christ and have those things right and believe in them, be excited about them. But at the same time, you have something in the second story of your structure, the third story of your structure, the tenth story comes in and it doesn't fit and it hurts. It scares you. Now, I'm not saying that this is uh, this is something that I'm criticizing you over because it does the same thing with me often. I mean, I don't have it all figured out. I don't have a impenetrable theology, the entire house built, that it cannot be broken down in some ways or remodeled. But the remodeling is something we don't like. We don't like remodeling because number one, it means we were wrong beforehand about something. And number two, it means somebody else was right. And and most importantly, it's the wrong, you were what you were wrong about beforehand. And if you were wrong about this, something like this, then maybe you're wrong about everything. So we see these objects in the sky. We're talking about UFOs now. And we begin to wonder what is going on. What could these UFOs be? Now, some people, the first thing they come to is it's another conspiracy. Beforehand, it was a conspiracy of the government that they held back the information about UFOs. Now it's a conspiracy that the government is putting this forward, and they've got some secret military base black ops in in uh, Wyoming or in Nevada or wherever where they're building these things. And sometimes they're based upon a UFO that got crashed beforehand and we're back, uh, back tracing the technology and using it ourselves and just don't want anybody to know. But we let out a little bit and little pieces so all the other countries think we, they really don't know what they are, but we really do know what they are. That's one conspiracy. I don't know whether that's true. It could be. Now, the conspiracy is, again, that... Um, that we're holding back even more. There's a whole lot more that we haven't told about UFOs. I, I don't know. I mean, you, know, you get these unidentified objects. You've got these weird things in our world. Maybe that would be just called call it this. Weird things in our world. We have got weird things in this world. We have got things that doesn't necessarily fit into our theology, but doesn't not fit either. We have, we have such a lack of understanding, broadly speaking, about what God has done and is doing around the world, around the universe, in whatever other universes he's created. And sometimes we just get it set up the best we can, and we, we adjust. Yeah, I, I believe in angels, and angels are weird, but they're not weird anymore because I've talked about them so much. And, you know, we, we at Christmas time, you see the angels, and we talk about guardian angels, whatever. You, you already have angels fit in to your theology, and angels are weird. Why are they weird? Well, they're weird because these are invisible spirits. They are other beings. They're not human, but they look human. They come to help us, but yet they're very powerful and they seem to be at a 
a place very close to God. They are servants of God, just like us, but we're not going to become angels when we die. We're still humans. It's just an entire new race. No, it's not a new race. It's it's individual angels that have been created. There, There's so much we don't know. I mean, I, I, got, I wrote a blog not long ago about what we know, what we don't know about angels and demons and Satan. And I, if you've taken my theology program class, you know, whenever I started the class, I said, well, we thought about doing a course on angels and demons, but we decided not to because it would be mostly dispelling the myths that we think we know about angels and demons because there's not that much information. Well, I think I was wrong about that. I think there's a little bit more information than than I, I really knew about at the time. Maybe I just didn't want to teach on angels and demons and I thought it was weird. I don't know. I probably should do a class on that and I probably will do a class on it sometime. But it's really, I'm constructing that myself right now. I'm constructing a theology of angels and demons. But not only that, I'm trying to construct a theology of the mysterious, unknown world that God has created, and the, uh, the, the, the possibilities that we have there, not the actualities, because I, like I said, we don't have enough information, but the possibilities that are out there. It's a very humbling study. Um, it's humbling in the sense that, number one, as I go through this, I'm, st- I'm finding out even more that I don't know. And how my, not, maybe I didn't construct a, a room in my house for angels and demons so that you go there and see what angels and demons are all like. I mean, I kind of did. Maybe it's a bathroom-sized room, you know. Here, here's what they are. Uh, you know, we don't know much about them. Demons bad. Angels good. They're serving spirits. They've been with God for a long time. We don't know anything more. But now it's like I... I, it's like I put up a fence to where you couldn't go outside this with regard to angels and demons. I was comfortable with the fence. I was comfortable with the the acreage that we were on, the layout. Um, but I don't think I built it big enough. I think the world outside of our own existence is so much bigger than we than I than I often give it credit for. God has been doing so much, and who are we to think that whenever God created the heavens and the earth, that uh, that that is a comprehensive understanding of what He has done? We should know that. I mean, God exists outside of time and space. He doesn't have time limits. Uh, and I don't see us as fitting in with some type of beginning with God. It's not. We didn't come at the beginning with God. There was no beginning with God. And so we have a certain point in time where our universe began. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. But I don't know what the beginning looks like for the angels. I don't know what the beginning looks like for... I, I don't even know how to define angels. Because as I go through, angels just seems to be a a term not of ontology, but of functionality. And what I mean by that is angels I don't see as a species. Um, I don't see them. I, I Maybe I see them as being alike in a lot of ways, but they're not a species in the sense that God created one, two angels, and then they procreated and, and created a race of angels. So it's not a race of angels that's out there. 
Um, as far as I know, the best I can tell from what Christ said, angels do not procreate. I got to be careful with that because Genesis chapter six has some issues, but I don't see any women angels in the Bible. It seems like they're just men or just masculine and they do have masculine anatomy, body parts. Why? I don't know. They, I mean, Genesis chapter six, we'll come to that in a little bit, but I look at all this stuff and then I say, okay, maybe God has created in our universe, there's other things going on in other planets. That's a possibility. It is. I don't think so. I don't think it's likely, but if it does, I'm trying to, I'm trying to work myself up to where I can say, hey, this can fit. I don't just have to say they're demons. Now, they very well could be demonic. Uh, and maybe they're, maybe they're demonic and they're trying to demons, they, they have this technology and they are trying to throw us off course to where we no longer believe in the construction that we have, because the Bible doesn't mean the Bible doesn't have any rooms for any alien species. So now we're really, let's get them scared. Let's have, make them have to break down their entire house and reconstruct everything. Let's leave them in limbo. If we, if we introduce aliens, if we introduce another species that lives on another planet, then they have to ask all kinds of questions like, are those people fallen? Did they, did they, are they redeemed in Christ? Does, did Christ provide a way of salvation for them? What's going on over there? Maybe they're doing that. And and it, it, it's a possibility in the sense of trying to mess up, but it doesn't really mess me up that much. I mean, it takes a little while. You get this in and you say, if I came to you and I said, you know what, I got, I believe that God did create other people, other species, other intelligent life form, other self-conscious intelligent life form within our time-space continuum, and they are on another planet, in another galaxy, or wherever, living in space. I don't know. There's space, I mean, space uh, 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 species. Maybe so. If that comes about, yeah, it made me scratch my head a little bit. And yeah, I have to fit it in, but I, I, it doesn't, it doesn't do anything to my central structure. Maybe though, for a lot of people, it does. Maybe for a lot of people, it would make them fall apart. Like I said, it doesn't take much sometimes whenever you have your house to where it's uncompromising and you can't rebuild anything in the house. And if you have to rebuild one thing, it all falls apart. House of Cards theology. So they say, hey, let's let's introduce this and they'll quit believing in God. Let's introduce this and we'll, they'll quit believing in in the Bible and what the Bible teaches. Maybe so. So whenever we look at these things out there, how are we as Christians supposed to respond? What is what is the answer? What are they from a Christian worldview? Now, again, I don't know. <laughs> and anybody who tells you that they know uh, for sure and acts too certain, uh, too certain about it, I would, I would stay away from them. I mean, it's fun to listen to and fun to listen to all these theories of what they are. But you got to be real careful. You can introduce a lot of different theories. Again, you can introduce, hey, they're nothing. They are uh, what the government has done. The government is building it themselves. We do have this kind of technology. Or you could say, no, these are actually 
people from another planet and they're just checking us out and they're kidnapping people every once in a while, but that's just what happens. People get kidnapped and people get kidnapped here on the earth and aliens can come kidnap as well. So therefore, if God would let people get kidnapped here on the earth, why not? And bad things happen to you. Why not let this happen? It's true. I mean, it's not as if, uh, you know, you get picked up by an alien. There's, there's some special formula if they exist, there's some special formula where we say, you know, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus, and then they fall apart, disappear, run, or whatever. I mean, maybe they do, maybe they don't. I mean, if you are if you have somebody on this earth, another person who comes and tries to rob you or tries to kidnap you or tries to uh, hurt you, you usually can't say, in the name of Jesus, get out of here, and they do, okay? Maybe sometimes they have, I don't know, but... We trust in the Lord even through these hard things that we go through. So, therefore, whenever you look at these types of things and you introduce possibilities, possibilities that aliens exist, possibilities that all these people for so long who say that they have been that they have been abducted by aliens and done some type of experiment on them, inserted some type of uh, seed into a woman's womb, whenever you look at these things, like I said, it's it's not outside the possibility of the Christian worldview. It's just not. I mean, you may think it is, but it's just not. Or at least you can't say that it is for sure. God has left this a mystery. Uh, it also definitely could be demonic. Now, if a demon was doing it, I always try to think, why? What's the purpose? What's the purpose of a lie? The lie is only, I can only validate that it's a lie. If I can find some type of motive for bringing this lie up that is that is beneficial for the person who is lying or the group that is lying. And whenever I look at this, I don't think, you know, the demons would would act like UFOs or, or, or build these things, or maybe that's just their own vehicles and drive them around, let people start seeing them to, I don't think they'd do it necessarily just to confuse people in the sense of this can't be, but just think of it in such a way. I'm just throwing this out here. Okay. This is not what I believe, but I do believe it's an option. Let's say that they are doing this so that they can prepare the world for whenever the rapture happens and they've come down and they've taken people before and it's it's widely spread, getting more and more spread that people get abducted and that becomes part of our, our understanding, our cultural understanding, our cultural expectations. You know, on the news tonight, we had seven more people abducted or something like that. Slowly that starts becoming more of a reality over the next 10, 20 years. And then the rapture happens, and what what are people who are unbelievers going to say? Well, yeah, of course. They're going to say the first thing, not that Jesus came and got them. They were right. They will say, or at least this is what the that the evil, evil world is thinking, um, or the, the fallen angels are thinking, whoever is making this plan, Satan is thinking, they will think the aliens did it and Christ would not get the credit. We still have our job done. Oh, man, that's a lot, isn't it? That is a lot. Um, now, I am now thinking about, um, well, let's go to 1 Corinthians. Listen to this. This is, this is great. I love this passage for 
for so much, but I love the idea of the mystery it introduces. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the uh, second to last verse, verse 12 says, For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall be fully known, even as I have been fully known. I shall fully know, even as I have been fully known. Right now I see in a mirror dimly. This, this is part of seeing in a mirror dimly. This is this is what we this is what we fit into our worldview. We build our house out of seeing in a mirror dimly. We've got mirror, dim mirrors all over our constructive theology. We need to have those. Maybe maybe you think of it as you build your house and as you look out the window of that house to see what else is out there. It's dimly lit. You can't really see that good, and you wonder all the time what is going on out there. What is going on outside of our world? What is God doing? And God's, uh, Paul says, we see in a mirror dimly. And we're all going to see in a mirror dimly. All of us. It's not the dumb people seeing a mirror dimly. Those who haven't studied seeing a mirror dimly. The, the ones who aren't very good Christians because God gives the, uh, the, the construction to everybody else. If you're a really good Christian, the secret knowledge. And we become Gnostic in a, in a secret knowledge type way. No, it's everybody. All of humanity sees in a mirror dimly. No matter how smart we get, there are things going on outside of our house that is hard to tell. That's hard to figure out. But the thing we got to know is there are things going on. God is doing a lot of stuff. Whenever we talk about angels and demons, and we put these in categories even. I mean, there's so much we don't know about angels and demons. We call them demons, but we don't really know what they are. I mean, there's, there's people out there who believe that the demons are simply the disembodied spirits of the Nephilim. And they're seeking to fill that body. They're evil, yeah. They're 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 Satan's in a sense, yes. But you have the angels, the fallen angels, who come down in Genesis chapter six and have sexual relations, marry even, get married to these women. Um, I don't know if they fell in love. I know they fell in lust. That's what it says. They saw that the daughters of men were beautiful. They were lusting after him. The, 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 if you can't comprehend that, you've you've joined us. This is a mirror we see in dimly. What a what a dim mirror that is. I mean, a part of me wishes God would have just left that out. But another part is so excited about it because it's just, I love the more windows that we have in our house. And I do love to stare outside because I see the grandeur of God. I see the mystery of God. I see his ineffability, uh, our inability to figure him out. There is just so much going on that we don't know about. Uh, are demons disembodied spirits or are they just all called demons? Well, again, like I said, I don't think they're a race. You know, let's say they're all here. We got all the angels, and they they have been created, and they're just one race. Well, how are they just one race if they don't procreate? Did he just create a bunch of things that look exactly alike, that act exactly alike, that have the same uh, the the same physicality as each other, or does he create them all individually, or does he create ranks of them, or does he create groups of each? Does he have races of angels? 
Does he, do the angels function in such a way like humans do and that we have different races or like animals do to where we have different types of animals? Is there, you know, we have, we have humans that highest form in the sense of uh, being in the image of God and, and having our ambitions and our, our, uh, uh, our self-awareness. And then you got the lowest forms that you go out there, you know, the, the butterflies or whatever they are. Um, and then the dogs in between, and maybe that's how demons are. Maybe he created a bunch of them, and, and that's how angels are, excuse me. And he created this whole, this whole plethora of things that he has done in the background. I don't know what he did in the background. Um, now, having said that, it does seem that at the time of Jesus, that's what people believe. They believe that demons were the disembodied spirits of the Nephilim. They were they were uh, unclean spirits. That is what it seems like they believe. I have the tendency now to believe that way as well, because I just believe whatever Christ believed, and Christ seemed to affirm it whenever he was calling them the same thing that the intertestamental Jews were calling calling them, unclean spirits, and he comes in and calls them unclean spirit too and kind of affirms that. You have a big tradition that's going on. You have the fallen angels that had sex with women, produced children. Those children died in the flood, and it seems like even afterwards maybe they kept on going. Um, and their spirits were cursed here to the earth, and they run around trying to create havoc and trying to embody things, people, whatever. They're naked, and they're trying to be filled, or they go to desolate waste places and, and get hungry and come back to people. Uh, it's, it's weird. Yes, it is bizarre. But since when did bizarrity become a criteria of truth? Uh, well, it just, it doesn't taste right. doesn't feel, when did palatability become a criteria for truth? The, remember this, the palate, the palatability of a doctrine does not determine its veracity. The palatability of a doctrine does not determine its veracity. I'm not trying to introduce something that is really academic here. <laughs> I mean, think about it. Whenever you go through in scholarship and whenever you go to, let's say you go to an SBL meeting, a Society of Biblical Literature, or the uh, IRL, or I forget what it's called, but the societies that are out there where people get together and discuss the Bible, discuss religion, these are all scholars. And you come in here talking like this. You come in here talking about demons and angels. Well, that's something that's taboo. It's something you don't talk about. Yes, you can talk about Jesus. Yes, you can talk about his resurrection. That's as far as we're going to go, but we're not going to go past that point and start talking about this nonsense of demons. Well, how is it nonsense and why is it nonsense? Because cartoons have depicted them a certain way? Because movies have depicted them a certain way? How in the world does that uh, invalidate this 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 introduction of this type of people because it's weird weirdness bizarreness is not a criteria for truth as a matter of fact we even got a argumentative fallacy it's called the argument uh, the the ad the ad absurdum argumentum ad absurdum you're arguing that your your view is true because my view is so stupid <laughs> 
you're not, not stupid. You're arguing that your view must be true or my view must be wrong because it sounds so absurd. That is not a good argument. That is an argument and a fallacy. Is there some logical reason why God could not have created angels, given them free will, and them somehow have been lusting after women, they didn't have any women, somehow this ignited a passion in them, they either didn't know they had or were fulfilling some other way, don't know. But they go down and they commit this sin and in the flood they die, or at least most of them do, and they get sent to a a place of judgment that is holding them until the end, but these other demons are running around. And trying to create havoc, kind of the lowest rank in Satan's army. So demons and whatever fallen angels you have, the the other ones. Angels is not an ontological term. Angels is just a term of functionality. That's all it is, messenger. I mean, I can be a messenger. I can be called an angel if I function in such a way to someone. So just because they're called messengers doesn't make them erase in such a way to where you could put it in a box. Don't put these things in boxes. Be careful. We see in a mirror dimly. It's hard to see outside to see what God is doing. Now, we have to start talking about this. We have to start discussing it because that's what's going on in our society because these things are becoming visual. Now, again, you don't look at it and say, well, That can't be true because that's too bizarre to say they're aliens. And that can't be true because that's too bizarre to say they are are demons. I mean, how do you know? (laughs) I asked this question on my Facebook uh, a few days ago, and it was just mixed. I mean, 50-50. But how do you know that that angels don't have technology? Seriously. I mean, is there something in them that that etherealizes them so that they don't need technology, that they don't need any type of uh, instrumental help to do things, or, or they're not smart enough to advance in such a way that God didn't give them that gift? I mean, it's a gift of ours to invent things, to grow as a society, and to find new things that that are that are that are helpful to us, that help us along each day, that make things easier. It's an exciting thing to discover. It's an exciting thing to explore, but we need technology. H- who's to say angels don't have technology? I know it sounds weird. I really do. But why not? I mean, you, could you see an angel on a cell phone, you know, calling another angel? Maybe so. I mean, I don't know whether they just think it and and they transmit it. And, and God's created them in such a way where they don't need technology, but I doubt it. I mean, I have no reason to believe that. Now, having said that, listen to this. And I've said this before, I think. I don't know. But just just hang with me. You've got all these weird things that y'all, y'all are going to keep thinking I'm bizarre. I'm not teaching any of this stuff. I'm just trying to say how it can fit and what it is that should that should. Um, really disturb your worldview, and none of these things should. Um, but you're going to think I'm weird here, but 
Let's just talk about all the unknowns. There's so many unknowns. You get out there and you start looking and seriously looking, seriously listening in such a way to where, you know, whether it's other cultures or it's just other people who have had individual experiences that they that they really believe and they can't deny. I know a lot of people are crazy. I know whenever they say they see UFOs, it's uh, most of the time it's probably not a UFO. But what about those times whenever you have so many witnesses, whenever you have the same type of thing being said in many different cultures going all the way back in time? Way, way back in time. I mean, hundreds, even thousand years. What about it whenever you have the Indians drawing on rocks pictures of UFOs? Uh, and showing them in the sky. What about whenever you have these things that are skinwalkers uh, and, uh, you know, the common understanding of skinwalkers from from a from a uh, Indian standpoint, you know, the the medicine men who who go rogue and then uh, are able to transform into a different animals or whatever skin that they're wearing, they become and they just wreak havoc. And if you see one, you're in big trouble type thing. Uh, do we know that that's not true? No, I don't know that that's not true. I mean, again, these could be that fallen, those creatures that are not in line with God. Maybe they're demonic. What about Bigfoot and all that? I mean, there are so many people out there that have seen some type of uh, uh, creature that they say is the same. It goes Again, it goes back in time. It's not just today, and it's not crazy people. People coming out, and they're risking their reputation. People who have no reason to lie. I mean, it's like I was telling my wife the other day. I said, listen, if you deny that, if you deny all of these, every single one of these things, what you're doing is basically the same thing atheists do to Christians. We say there's so much evidence that Jesus rose from the grave. We have so many witnesses, and they they died for this belief. They never recanted, even though the recantation would have saved their life. We know it's true. We know their confession is true. We know they're eyewitnesses, and they're not mistaken because they know who Jesus was. But what about all these people that say they say they say they see something like a big, uh, you know, skunk ape out in Florida? And they describe it. It's the same way everybody else is describing it. And they put their reputation on the line as they're telling about it. They saw something. Okay? They really did. You, you, you would have to have every single one of these stories be wrong. There are weird things in this world. That's what I'm trying to say. There are weird things in this world. There are bizarre things in this world. They are going to get introduced. And you don't shove them off and block them out. You just you just introduce them in such a way to where it's in a mirror. You're seeing in a mirror dimly. You're seeing through a window dimly. You are you are imperfect, and then you turn that into worship. What do I mean by that? I've said it a few broadcasts ago. Mystery brings us to our knees. I love mystery. I love being in awe. Whenever you, whenever they used to build churches, whenever Eastern Orthodox people build churches, they build it where the ceilings are so high that you feel, you feel insignificant, and that that the ceilings portray the greatness of God and the significance of it and how far He is above us, and we fall to our knees. Why? Because of mystery. They have a big concentration on mystery. We as Westerners like to think we know it all. And we don't like mystery. We don't like new things being introduced. We don't like weird things uh, because we're scientific, right? 
but that's not the way it's always been, and that's not the way the rest of the world is, and that's not the way that we as Christians should be. There are weird things out there. They're not unscientific. They're not against rationale. They're just things that are odd, that we look through the mirror, we look through the window, and we see, and we don't know how to place them. But at the same time, that doesn't mean they don't bring us to our knees and worship and say, my goodness, God's doing a lot of stuff out there. It doesn't make us less significant in God's eye. God, God, uh, what is man that you take thought of him? The son of man that you, that you, uh, what, what is man that God has redeemed us and become man? I mean, that none of this stuff should diminish. I'm not saying diminish our understanding or our view of man, but God's love for us. He doesn't get mixed up with his children. He doesn't get mixed up with his creation and and forget who he did and, and just divide his love. And so his love, because his love is infinite. It's infinite for you at every single moment. And he can have other things going on. He does have other things going on. It is a big mystery. Whenever God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a wild place, it says. It was a tahuabahu, something crazy without form, void. God does not create tahuabahus. Maybe, maybe something happened to make it all this way. There, there's weird things. Think of dinosaurs. I mean, if I introduced you to dinosaurs and you never heard of them, that'd be bizarre. Too bizarre to fit in. But we got skeletons, and we can be, we can see them and put them together. We discover new dinosaurs all the time. There are things out there in this world that are bizarre and are crazy, and they should bring us to our knees. We see in a mirror dimly, and I know that has to do with our understanding more generally of Christ, but it is, it is true of everything. I mean, what about, what about in Deuteronomy, kind of the summation of the law at the very end of the blessings and curses and, and, and uh, the, 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 giving of all of the commandments. God says, the secret things belong to the Lord, but the things revealed belong to us and to our sons forever that we may preserve all the words of his law. The things that belong to us are the things that we are responsible to observe. But there's secret things out there that we want to know. And they belong to the Lord. Is he going to tell us? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I I know that throughout all time, we're still going to be in wonderment. We're still going to be seeing through a mirror somewhat dimly when we're talking about the broader world that God has created. We're still going to be falling to our knees for all of time because of the wonderment of God's creative ability, everything that he has done and everything that he is still doing, it's going to blow us away. So what, what, am I, what am I trying to get you to do here? I'm just trying to get you to not have a view about these things. None of those things that I talked about do I, do I have set up and in, in, you know, two by fours and a, and a wall and a well-constructed room about this stuff. I don't. But, but it's all open in my mind. And all this mystery of all the stuff that's going on causes me to get excited rather than fall apart. Now, it's taken me a while to get there. And I didn't get there just because this stuff is coming out. I get there because I keep on looking at Scripture and I keep on thinking about this stuff. And I keep on thinking, why do I put God in a box? Why do we put God in a box? 
Why do we think we're so smart and we've got it all figured out? Why can't we be, in some sense, more like the Eastern Church, at least in this way? Because they, they value so much as a center part of their faith the mystery that is involved. Well, guys, listen, I got to tell you something. Get on my Patreon. Remember my Patreon uh, page. Uh, let's see here if I can get it over here. Um, go to my page and sign up. Sign up for my Patreon. That's how I'm doing. That's how we we I. That's the way that I am functioning right now. I need as many as I can get on this. Um, but let me show you how how it works here. Okay, look at this. You got all kinds of ways that you can join. And like right now, I'm live on Patreon, uh, or I'm live on the Discord server on Patreon. I don't know that I did it right, but I'm gonna figure it all out. But here's all the different levels that you can you can join. There's all kinds of rewards and fun things. But most of all, no matter what you join at, no matter uh, no matter what level you join at, you're gonna be able to get involved in this community. You're gonna see all the look at this 50 post exclusive posts that I've done that will unlock for you. So do that if you if you uh, get anything from our ministry if you if you appreciate it if you want it to keep on going if you want it to expand this is the way that I am going to do it from now on you can still donate at credocourses.com or credohouse.org and just click on the donate button if you just want to do a one time donation I would love love to have that need it bad but uh, need you to become a Patreon more or not more but that's just a, a big part of it. So, I am finding the old Theology Unplugged outro. See you next time. Theology 